Your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Maytay! Yo! Glad you're here, brother. You too, likewise. Welcome to The Last Word, Happy folks. Happy Friday. Yes, Great weather, great weekend. Last word right here. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Maytay, we're going to dive into this cold schedule. Yes, sir. For 2023. Also look at that trip to Germany coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus is going to join us about the Colts' latest draft class. Can't wait for that. Voss Monk, Stu Garen, and Diner Fright Site. What's Jeffrey that? Gorman. Watch your mouth. This is a family <laughs> show. That's German for what do you do in your free time. No kidding. Yeah. How'd yeah. you get that done? Uh, four years of German in high school, brother. No kidding. Yeah. Are you going to call that game in German? <laughs> uh, that, that'll that take a minute. That'll take a minute for the recall to Why come Why didn't back. you ever tell me? What, what is yeah, that? Four, four years of German in high school. Been over there during Oktoberfest. It'll be my third trip to Germany this upcoming coming trip never been to frankfurt though how about that you've been to germany twice already Twice already. wow yeah. good for you Went yeah around everywhere but did not go to frankfurt that's where the colts are headed against the new england patriots on november 12th what's your first takeaway when you heard that mate and dovetail into zero primetime games <laughs> you're right for right the colts right. i mean geez so be ursay's gonna be ticked what do you think well it's it's incredibly exciting right i mean i don't know when i'm ever gonna go to germany so to be able to you know make this a, a work trip if you will and see an nfl game and see another chapter of the great rivalry between the colts and patriots uh that part's incredibly exciting nine home games for the colts only seven true road games because you're playing the Patriots, right, somewhat on a neutral site. Not having to play the Patriots in Foxborough is a advantage, s- right? sneaky big advantage yeah. for the Colts considering they've lost five straight games to the Patriots on the road in Foxborough. Big advantage for the Colts in now this Now, that Pittsburgh schedule. Steelers game, that's, uh, two, you know, t- that's TBD down the road, probably around the 17th, 16th, 18th of December. That's TBD. That could be something that the league slides in as far as a primetime right. game on a Saturday rather than a Sunday. We're going to let you know more. You can find out the latest on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app if you want the latest but, on the Colts' up, up, upcoming schedule, rather. And uh, also, really quick, Mate, there's a fun video out there. Yes. We're going to give the content department yes. another check mark and more credit. They did a funny one with Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner, so good for them. You can check it out on Colts.com, and there's been some great schedule releases all across the yeah. league. I saw Tennessee Titans before we went to air. Yeah. I'm dying. It was, it was funny. Yeah, they, great ideas for everybody. Again, Colts.com has the latest. That's that's the thing. I mean, you talked about the lack of primetime games, mm-hmm. not even a Thursday night game for the Colts. And listen, I mean, when you go 4-12-1 and and you have a new head coach and you've got uncertainty at quarterback, this is what happens. The Colts are one of four teams that do not have a primetime game for next season, Falcons, Cardinals, Texans being the other. But like you said, the Colts can get flexed later in the season, you know, some of those TBD games, but not even a Thursday night because now teams can appear on Thursday night multiple times, right? It's no longer a a mandate that every team has to play on Thursday. The Jets have five primetime games. Packers, too. Packers, too. I mean, I get the Aaron Rodgers effect, but not so much the Jordan Love effect on this thing. What's going on? 100%. It's it's the brand. Give me one game of yours, Packers. Give me two. (laughs) You can still have three. What are we doing? I will say this. I mean, if you like 1 o'clock football, if you like getting your Colts fix out of the way early, this is the schedule for you. Home for dinner, in bed at a reasonable time for work the next day. Listen, primetime games are awesome. They really are. But I think sometimes we get hung up on – 
you know, showcasing uh, your downtown and what it means for your market. And, and those things are all true, right? I'm not trying to downplay it because there's something to playing in a window where you're the only game in town, so to speak, on a national front. But here's the thing. They all count the same. They do. They all count the same. I just assume play them at 1 o'clock, get them in, and uh, right. put the kids to bed. It's uh, going to be awesome. You're right on that. And the funny, Another funny part about this schedule is as far west as this football team goes, I mean, take Frankfurt, Germany out of it, obviously. Well, that's but, the other way, right? You know, that's I, east. Yeah, but I'm just saying as far yeah. as distance goes, the farthest west this team goes is Houston. <laughs> they only have to play in the central time zone twice. Right, and I'm just and saying. And one of those games is Tennessee. It's a it's the short plane rides. I don't know if that's an advantage or not, but right. they also got, you know, Vegas is on the schedule this year. Right. L.A. is on the schedule this year. Those are both home games, so these Colts aren't mm-hmm. traveling on it. What stands out for you? Some games you're looking forward to because two of the first six games are against a hot quarterback and a hot team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, no, that's a storyline. Is, is this the year the Colts can finally get off to a good start? One of their toughest home games of the season is right off the bat against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the champs in the AFC South. Uh, the Colts haven't started great. The Jaguars have lost five straight games at Lucas Oil Stadium as the road team, so one of those streaks in some capacity is going to come to a halt. Uh, but like you said, they've got to play three playoff teams from last year in their first six games, including Baltimore and Jacksonville in the first three. So two of the first three are against playoff teams from a year ago. But we kind of get hung up on strength of schedule and how many teams from the playoffs are on your schedule from last year, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the Colts have the fourth easiest schedule based on winning percentage from last year, 12 teams that finished under 500, blah, 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 blah. Well, you look at the parity in the NFL, Jeffrey, and it's this, this league is designed for teams to be able to bounce back quickly because all of these games come down to the fourth quarter. You look at the Colts last year, they lost six games by one score, mm-hmm. and they lost three games at home by one point. All of these games come down to the wire. The NFL set a record for games decided by one score last season with 156 of them. So I don't put a ton of stock into strength of schedule because it's the NFL. Parity and roster turnover from year to year makes this a tough league to kind of predict on who's who in May before the season. Goes at Jacksonville, or excuse me, at home versus Jacksonville. At Houston, at Baltimore, facing the number one overall pick and in, in our number two overall pick, mm-hmm. rather. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud with the Texans. And then you got hopefully knock on wood. We got uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, I don't know if it's lucky knock on wood on that point, but you know what I'm saying, another big-time quarterback there. And then you got Stafford and the Rams at home and back with Jacksonville. So, hey, don't forget, we're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more uh, with FanDuel, proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. Colts are fired up to go to Germany. A lot of the staff as well. Bernard Ryman from nearby yeah. Austria is yeah. going to go over there. First-time family may take Talk to, to him this him week. Play. You should have seen the smile on his it was face. Big, huh? I mean, it, it, the width of 465 He's in Indianapolis. He's a big man. He said that his family, uh, his mom and dad, his inner circle, extended family, they have not been able to watch him play all together in person since he was in high school. And it makes sense. I mean, going to Central Michigan, now playing with the Indianapolis Colts, that's a tall order to come over here and watch somebody play football on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah, growing up in Austria uh, to Frankfurt, he said it's about a seven-and-a-half-hour drive. If they want to make that, they might consider flying. But no one was more excited about that Germany uh, news than Bernard Ryman. And how about that? It kind of works out. In year number two, Colts playing in Germany for the first time, and they have a European player that grew up so close to Frankfurt. Well, fill the stands with the family, Bernard. That's right. Let's go. One game. There's a couple of them that stick out. Mate, give me your quick thoughts. November 5th at 
Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I mean, storyline-wise, I mean, sure. you start with uh, the head coaches, Shane Steichen, you know, former Colts head coach, you know, Frank Reich for obvious reasons. But, you know, I, I think the only reason why that game's not a primetime game is because you just don't have any certainty on those quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks drive the TV windows on primetime, and so they just couldn't – you know, for sure say that it is going to be Bryce Young versus Anthony Richardson. Listen, it is what it is. And so – You got stiff there even. Couldn't even, <laughs> got, couldn't even yeah. get that. God, NFL. You're down to the two-yard line on that one, Seriously. right? Seriously. But, yeah, that game's got a lot of storylines for obvious reasons. And so I, I'm actually looking forward to that game and Cincinnati. Yes. I mean, I've said this all week. That Cincinnati game, that obviously is your, your most difficult game on paper in terms of competition. But more so than that, a, a barometer game, kind of like the Chiefs and Eagles last year, the two teams that played in the Super Bowl. Where are you? You right. know, how, how far away are you against one of the best teams in the AFC and one of the best quarterbacks in this uh, in this league? All the information is on Colts.com, and we'll be breaking down this schedule and upcoming games all throughout the summer, getting you guys ready for training camp. When we come back right here on The Last Word, we're going to talk to Sam Monson, the lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. you got to be smart to work there, Maytay. Oh, yeah. He's going to talk about quarterback Anthony Richardson, who's now in the mix and what his outlook is for the Colts next season. This is the last word. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. My name's Gorman, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the off-season home of the Colts, The Last Word, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back to The Last Word. Brought to you by our friends at FanDuel and apparently Gloria Estefan. How about it? What I love, you know, I'm I'm a 50 year old man. I'm moving here like I'm. Yeah, you're in the club. What is this, bro? Yeah, you're in the club. This is new for the you're last on, word. You're on the you're in the peppermint twist on the south side. I remember it, but I remember don't. Remember that place? No. Yeah, like Thompson Thompson Road on the south side of Indianapolis back in the day. The peppermint twist. Do right. you have any idea who this is? No, Gloria Estefan. Flipping through, thumbing, thumbing through 90s on 9 Rhythm on Sirius XM the yeah, other day. Yeah, 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 this, yeah. this bad boy popped up. Hey, try to stop tapping your toe or bobbing <laughs> your head. I dare you. No, this is this is Corona. Corona. <laughs> never yeah. heard, I heard the song, uh, never heard the Italian, band. Italian Euro dance group Corona. Just awful song. Oh, that's Just great. a terrible song. Okay. I like it, though, Maytay. Gets me rolling. Released circa 1993. Nice. Yeah. Maytay digging into the archive. Don't forget, <laughs> we got the next pick presented by our friends at Verizon. It is out right now. The Colts behind-the-scenes look at the Colts draft and what happened, and it's a two-part series chronicling. What happened over the course of a lot of months leading up to the draft? You can find it on Colts.com and YouTube. Check it out now from behind-the-scenes looks in that war room. You will get there. Okay, time to talk to somebody smarter than me, Sam Monson. He is the lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. Going to talk about these Colts in the offseason and his thoughts on the quarterback, Anthony Richardson, and overall... The 12-man haul the Colts got in the draft class. Here's Sam Monson. All right, thank you, Jeffrey. Pleased to be joined tonight talking Colts and NFL football with Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. Sam, always appreciate the time. Let's lead off with Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis now. What did you make of that choice for the Colts at the top of their draft and how he fits in with Shane Steichen within this offense? Yeah, that second part, I think, is absolutely critical. Um, we'll get on to that in a second. I love the fit. I think the Colts making that call was the its the call I would have made, and I think they articulated it well when they were sort of looking at the AFC landscape and saying, okay, isn't going to cut it. Like, we need somebody that can achieve greatness. We need somebody that can 
become a superstar and go toe-to-toe with these guys in this conference like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. It's a gauntlet now of quarterbacks in this conference. And if you don't think that the guy you're picking at the top of the draft even has that in his range of outcomes, then what are we even doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, Richard said it might be more difficult to get there. It might be more of a risk. But at least the theory is that you can create something that ends up in that kind of world where he is a star quarterback. And then that's where Shane Steichen comes in because they've just run this game plan with Jalen Hurts. They've just seen what you can do if you create an offense that props up the quarterback for a couple of years and leans on his run game and, you know, relies on the athletic gifts that he has to buy him time to develop as a passer. And if you look at uh, Jalen Hurts' passing ability, I mean, just look at the the raw numbers, you know, the baseline kind of box score stats. It was bad year one. It was okay year two. And then year three is when he really took that big step forward and became the player that he was last season when he was getting MVP discussion. Right. You know, that's the kind of pathway I think that the Colts have to be trying to achieve with Anthony Richardson, where if year one is just viable, you know, if year one just isn't so bad that you have to bench him, that's a success. And then year two, you get a, a big step forward, and year three is probably where you start to get an idea of how good he can be. Everybody around here is wondering what it's going to look like with Richardson at quarterback. Is he going to start at quarterback either at the beginning of the season or early in the season, Sam, what are some things that you think he can have success with right away in the NFL if he is indeed out there, let's say, the first you know quarter of the season? So obviously rushing is the big thing. We're talking about you know the most athletic quarterback to ever come into the NFL, depending on the, the sort of ways you look at that. He's a guy that could be a 1,000-yard rusher right away at the quarterback position, and there's no reason that can't happen. And that alone buys him a lot of room to learn as a passer, but also makes his life easier as a passer. It means that you can run a lot of play-action concepts. You can run a lot of things that don't necessarily have, you know, giant full-field reads or complicated progressions or, you know, five receivers out in the patterns. You can give him relatively simple reads that take advantage of what the defense has to contend with when it comes to the run game and has to respect when it comes to what uh, Richardson can do. So, you know, play action, bootleg plays, those types of things, uh, and really simplify the the breadth of what you're asking him to do from a passing standpoint. That's Sam Monson with us, lead NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Focus, a part of the last word here tonight on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. What's your level of optimism for personal success for the rookie quarterback class in their first year, right? I mean, you look at your Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Richardson in Indy. Do you feel confident those guys will be able to have more peaks than valleys in their rookie seasons? Um, I think Bryce Young will be good right away. I think his sort of superpower is throwing with anticipation. He does that better than any quarterback I can remember coming into the league. That was what Mac Jones was really good at as well. Um, He's better at it than Mac Jones, and he also brings, obviously, some uh, rushing ability, some sort of physical gifts and escapability that Mac Jones didn't have. Mm -hmm. But Mac Jones started really well. So I think that Bryce Young should be good quite early. 
I think the Colts can create something that allows Richardson to function early, even if his passing will be a bit of a roller coaster and a bit of a, a journey. C.J. Stroud is the big unknown to me. I, I have com- some concerns with Stroud's game, um, with how he reacts you know, beyond the first read, how he reacts under pressure, these types of things. And I, I wonder how he's going to play year one. But there's at least a couple of them, I think, are going to be pretty good straight away or at least you know, functional within NFL offenses. Sam, what else did you make of the Colts draft class? Twelve players, obviously highlighted by Richardson, but uh, Juju Brents, cornerback in the second round, uh, Josh Downs, a wide receiver in round three, the nine picks on Saturday. What else caught your eye about the Colts draft? Yeah, I love the the Josh Downs pick. I think that's phenomenal value where they got him. But sort of big picture, a couple of things left out. Number one, picking that number of times is notable in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good strategy in today's NFL, understanding that you know nobody is great at this. Nobody is great at drafting. Nobody is great at identifying talent better than other teams. So picking more often is a is maybe the easiest way of ensuring that you're going to get some solid contributions, you know, just have more swings at bat. Um, and then the other thing is just the theme of this Colts draft of let's stockpile absolute super athletes, you know, not to the exclusion of good football players as well. A lot of the players that they drafted also were very productive in college, had really good PFF grading, mm-hmm. but they really chased athletic profiles and some of the most ridiculous athletic profiles in this entire draft all ended up being drafted by the Colts last one on the Colts Sam uh, before we go around the NFL a little bit with you again that's Sam Monson lead NFL analyst uh, at pro football focus covering the NFL just what's your level of optimism uh, surrounding this Colts team their ceiling this season this upcoming season with Richardson potentially a quarterback coming off 4-12-1 and listen we all know they got a lot of work to do but your level of optimism and their ceiling under new head coach Shane Steichen right away in year one? I think they can be solid right away. I think there's a lot of pieces already in place on this roster that were not bad. I think the way they're going to approach the season is going to give them a pretty high floor. But the question in year one is going to be, what is the ceiling? And that, I think, is going to come down to, Mm -hmm. you know, what Richardson can do as a passer. I have a high degree of confidence that they'll be able to run the ball well, that they'll be able to do a lot of things and keep the chains moving with Richardson at quarterback and, and with everything else there. The question is going to be how far along can he get right away as a passing quarterback because that's really going to determine where his ceiling is, not just this year, but you know generally going forward. So that, I think, is the open question mark. Given where he's starting from, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they were really good this year, but I think they can definitely be solid. Sam, we saw the NFL schedule come out, and all of a sudden, you know, here are the Jets back on primetime in a big way for the first time in a long time. Obviously, no surprise there with Aaron Rodgers coming in to play quarterback. Where do the Jets fit into this AFC puzzle now that they have uh, a franchise quarterback, or at least, you know, Rodgers at quarterback for at least one year? Are they immediately a threat in this AFC arms race for next season? I think we have to treat them as such. You know, we have to assume that Aaron Rodgers, multiple MVP, is going to come in and take a team that should have made the playoffs last year, even with the quarterback situation that they had, and turn them immediately into contenders. Um, you know, where Rodgers lands on that spectrum of his play is going to be the thing that really determines whether they can do that. But 
They've got weapons for him. The offensive line should be a lot better than it was a year ago, and Rodgers has more to work with this year than he did last year. So if he's anything like the back-to-back MVP candidate or MVP that we saw a couple of years ago, they're as good as almost any team in the AFC. You know, going around the NFL a little bit, you know, one of those big barometer games uh, this upcoming season for the Colts is their game against the Bengals. They played in the AFC title game in each of the last two years. Is it still the Bengals and Chiefs for you in the AFC and then everybody else? I mean, is there any fall-off that might happen in Cincinnati that prevents them from being, you know, one of those lead dogs in the AFC this season? I would expect them to still be right there. Um, they they haven't lost too much from that team that I think would affect them in any kind of material way. They've continued to address weaknesses as well. I think the Bengals will still be absolutely there. But the AFC is brutal. I think the Buffalo Bills are still a live contender as well in that truly elite category. Miami is going to be interesting to see if they can get into that group as well, if Tua stays healthy all year with the additions that they've made. Um, and, and that's probably where you draw the line in terms of really elite contenders right away. There you go. Sam Monson talking NFL and NFL draft, recapping what the Colts did with Anthony Richardson, lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. For you, Sam, what's the rest of your off season and, and summer look like? Do you get any time to rest and decompress before training camps here? Yeah, we'll have some time. We've got to try and figure out what exactly that looks like. But uh, <laughs> hopefully we can take a bit of uh, time yeah. away and, uh, and recover before it all starts again. Indeed. It's the cycle that we love, NFL football never truly going away in the off season. The NFL schedule came out last night, and that's why we're sitting here talking with Sam today. Sam, good to talk to you, and good to meet you at the Combine a few months ago here in uh, Indianapolis. Thanks again for the time here and now, and I hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely, anytime. Great stuff, Maytay, you and Sam Monson. A lot of these experts, a lot of these experts say this word, this phrase, it was a perfect pick mm-hmm. for the Colts. It's a perfect fit for the Colts. Agree? There's, think, there's a lot of talent out there, Maytay. When, uh, before this draft went up, there's a lot of talent. And they, you get your guy, and they say it's a perfect pick. Do you agree? Yeah, you know, we said it two weeks ago, and then obviously Sam just reiterated it right there. I mean, you, you kind of have to go big. You have to go bold when you're going to be playing in the AFC for the next five to seven years, considering who's there and who's not going anywhere Perfect. with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen <laughs> yeah, no, and Patrick Mahomes. Yep, yeah, you're mentioning right? those names. I say you're right. Perfect yeah. pick. Perfect you, pick. So, so what are you going to do? You have to have somebody to come in here, and certainly it will never be about one guy, as Chris Ballard always says. It's not going to be just about the quarterback. But as we all know, you have to have dynamic playmaking ability at the quarterback position. And I think Jim Ursay is exactly right. When he spoke to the media during the draft on day three, I think gone are the days of just exclusively pocket-passing quarterbacks a la Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning. I think you have to have that athleticism. And Anthony Richardson, I think, can turn into, or at least has the potential to turn into something big and obviously now it's about getting the most out of him in his rookie season and allowing him to develop and grow and feel comfortable 
But, yes, perfect pick at the perfect time as you're trying to compete with the big boys overtime in the AFC. Don't forget, you can download the weekly Colts official podcast featuring the latest news, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. All right, this week we talked some NFL draft leftovers and debated which draft picks have the best chance to make an immediate impact in 2023. Coach Rick Venturi, he stopped by for an episode of Inside Football, gave us his thoughts on Anthony Richardson in this draft class. We're also going to have a special edition of Overtime. Yeah, that's up right now. With Maytay and J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. They're going to give the initial thoughts on the Colts schedule that we're talking about this show. Check all that out right now on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app, Colts Audio Network. Anywhere you download your podcast, don't forget this last word brought to you by our friends at Meyer, the official supercenter of the Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of sport, local sports teams across the Midwest. Thank you, Meyer. When we come back right here, we're going to give you the Forum Credit Union question of the week regarding the Colts overseas next season in Germany. We're going to dive into the weekly NFL big story, which deals with the NFL schedule dominating all headlines because they're pouring out the red carpet for this. If it's a holiday, the NFL is there, mm-hmm. Maytay. Can't no wait doubt. for this. We'll do that and a whole lot more right here on The Last Word, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're giving you all you need to know on the Colts. This is The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Huey Lewis, hit maker. Hit, hit maker. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Started off as a beer and hot dog band. Right? Yeah, bro, they're a Bay Area band? Yeah. That's a success. Started off playing the clubs, beer and hot dogs. I think they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, aren't they? Well, they should be if they're not. I mean, just hit they, up for hit up absolutely hit. have to be in, in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's in the 70s. I don't think they, I don't think they, uh, I don't think they perform anymore. I he saw doesn't him, I saw him like in 2015, I want to say, at the Palladium in Carmel. Nice. Yeah. Good venue up there. Very good. All right. We're, we're the last word brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, proud sportsbook partner of the Indianapolis Colts. We're also brought to you by our friends at Anthem. Colts have teamed up with Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield, recognizing school teachers, administrators, nurses, staff members who go above and beyond for their students, their schools, and their communities. Nominate your classroom quarterback today. Do it at Colts.com slash classroom quarterbacks. Time now for the Forum Credit Union question of the week, and I love talking about this because we get to talk about one thing in particular, <laughs> and that's going back to when Edger and James and Marvin Harrison were here. Uh-oh. I'll get you to have, that. You have stories? I can, no, this is a fun story. Everybody knows about it, but I get to mention it again when you talk about overseas games. All right, the Colts are going to face the New England Patriots in Frankfurt, Germany. It's established. We know what's going on there. That's going to be happening November 12th. As part of the NFL's international series, there's a lot of them, all right? This is just the second time the Colts have been involved in an international game in the regular season and the fifth time overall counting the preseason. When were the Colts' other international experiences, Maytay? I can get pretty close because... I know there's you, London in there recently. With the, You were over there, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't here, but you were there. Uh, that had to have been in about 2016. It was 2016 in London against the Jaguars. Right. The, game, the game itself did not go well for the Colts. Right, right. Uh, but this popped up this week in conjunction sure. with this news. So I think they played... 
a preseason game in Toronto. Yep, that's against, against the, the Bills. Bills. I was there. Remember it well. Eddie Harsh, former uh, great keyboard player, hadn't <laughs> seen him in ten years. I mean, what the, I'm telling you, that's the story from that game. I'm looking. I'm talking about this cat because he lived in Toronto. I saw him on the street when the tour buses. The, the bus I was on was going by, yeah. and I was just talking about the guy an hour earlier. Hadn't spoken to him in a decade, and I see him walking down the street. Divine intervention. True story. He's wow. no longer with us. Rest in peace, Eddie Harsh. But Deja my vu. point is, I remember that Buffalo and that Toronto game against the Bills rather up there. How about this one, 2005? What's funny about that one, Mate? Was that, that was the Tokyo. That was the Tokyo, and that's when Edger and James, our good buddy, man. had the comment. Or, Fly, flying to Tokyo to play a preseason coach, game, man. It was, it was 12 hours or something like that. It was big. Oh, yeah. 10 to 12 hours. I remember it well. But Edrin said, man, when it was announced, man, closest I'll get to Tokyo is Benihana. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going. I ain't going. And by that time, he was well-established, and true, he was the Jonathan Taylor. Did not need to play in the preseason. True story. Right. Ursay got wind of that, made sure he was going. <laughs> you got to bring everybody when you're, you know, you're showing off your prize piece yeah. internationally. You got to bring the superstar. So he said, hey, the shiny Ed, toys, right? we are going to Tokyo. You are, are as well. So that was a great comment from him. Don't forget, in 2000, they played in Mexico City, mate. Mexico City, and I bring that up because I heard some horror stories back in the day about that. Security everywhere didn't matter if you're a family member of the staff <laughs> yeah they, they had security around them because things were so at dicey. that time dicey. they were dicey there so they wanted to make sure all nfl staff personnel and families were uh were being taken care of but that's it germany i mean it's coming up yeah we're gonna be talking about that one 10 years from now no doubt all right visit the forum credit union fan forum section of colts.com interact with other fans online post a topic participate in, in various discussions rather regarding your colts forum credit union helping members live their financial dreams I can never get through that one without it's all good. spitting up marbles. We got it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> we we understand. Let's talk about the big story. Obviously, it's on us. The yeah, schedule has been released. Now we know where and what time we're right. playing. We knew who we were playing for a long time, but now we know exactly when and where. But they also the other big story is the holidays being dominated by the NFL, okay? The Colts are going to play near the holidays in Atlanta on Christmas afternoon. On Christmas Eve afternoon, the colleagues also holding a Monday night triple header matey on Christmas Day. Triple header. Historically, when Christmas has fallen on a Monday, the NFL has scheduled two games for the occasion like it did in both 2006 and in 17. However, the league played three games on Christmas last season. It was a big hit. It was a big hit. They're going to do it again this season because of how successful that was the past couple of years. What do you think about that? It's a must on Christmas Day. you got to just be infiltrated with presents in football. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, regardless of how you feel about this, you, you got to know one thing. Mm-hmm. When, when NFL football is on, people will watch. People will adjust. I mean, we had games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the pandemic, and people still watched. They got great ratings because you had to adjust and move games all around. Great point. I mean, we we got a Black Friday game. Yeah. I mean, a reason why is because the, the league thinks people are going to watch. And you'll have there's three, an appetite for you'll that. You'll have three games on Christmas or on on Thanksgiving, obviously, like of they course. traditionally do. You'll have of the course. the one o'clock. You'll have the four o'clock. Then you'll have the late one. But you said there's a couple. Ga- is there one game or two or or more on Black Friday? I think just one. Just one. I think there's one in the afternoon. So. I personally don't think we need games on Christmas. I mean, you got what if the, it falls on a Wednesday, Tuesday? Well, Christmas Day falls on a Thursday, a Saturday, a Sunday, or a Monday. The big thing is, can the NFL schedule games on a non? 
traditional game day. That's when we're going to know how far the NFL is willing to take over Christmas. The NBA and the NFL NBA. going head-to-head on this thing, and NFL will always win. Always. I mean, as far as in our lifetime, the NFL will always win. And I know that ABC and ESPN and TNT and all that, they're going to bring the superstars on those games and, and, mm-hmm. and have about five of them through. And the- they are this year. I mean, you yeah. got some great matchups. Raiders at Chiefs. Right. Giants, Eagles, I mean, enough said right there. Ravens at 49ers, the night game on Christmas night. So that's the thing. I mean, we're all going to be, you know, nestled in and and feeling good, warm and and fuzzy with our our friends and family on Christmas Day. And football, it may not be front and center, but it's certainly going to be on in the background as wallpaper. Football is just uh, just what we do. And with with the league now having the the, the advantageous uh, ability to put it on, on days where they're already playing games, you know, they're going to take advantage of Christmas. Can't wait. And it starts August 12th at the Buffalo Bills. That is a preseason contest followed by the Bears and at the Philadelphia Eagles. Colts will host the Bears. The only reason I'm talking about preseason right now is my last question before we get to trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee is how much Anthony Richardson do we see in the oh, preseason? Man, great question. I think as of right now, really, I mean, at Buffalo, veterans home to Chicago, at Philadelphia, Anthony Richardson, will he play in all three games, Mate? Yes, I think he will. I think he will. I mean, vets vets and rookies will intermix starting on Monday, so obviously we got a long way to go before then and now. Uh, but gut feeling is they've all said it. I mean, the only way he's going to get better is by playing. Reps, 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 joint practices, preseason reps. I think he's got to play. Okay, before we let you go, we want to say a uh, in memory of a good man and a longtime listener of this show and a huge Colts fan who is no longer with us. He uh, passed away earlier this week. Scotty Glendenning, our mm-hmm. buddy Troy Glendenning's older brother, uh, passed away. Don't know from what, but it just happened a few days ago. So our hearts and our thoughts are and everything are with the Glendenning family. And I know there's a lot of, lot of Colts fans out there all across Indianapolis and the world that are suffering as well. We just happen to know this guy personally. So just wanted to say our hearts and uh, all our thoughts and prayers are with the Glendenning family. Mate, it's always fun doing this show with you, pal. You got it, man. Because it's official now. We've got we got dates in the book. We figure <laughs> out what's going on, but big date coming up, too. There'll be a big race here. We're going to find out who's going to win this sucker. Here comes Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee, and then after that, Beyond the Bricks with Mike Thompson and Jake Query. For Matt Taylor, I'm Gorman right here on 93.5, 107.5. Yeah. 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 Yeah.